listening to the podcast without the pocket protector. This is Geek This Podcast. episode of Geek This Podcast. I am one of your two co-hosts, David Clements, and with me is my buddy, David Hunt. Hello, I'm David Hunt. Alright, so this is this is officially our third episode of the Batman on Film series, and we are going... I know, it's the fourth episode, if we include our Batman Origins episode, which I do. So, we're going to be talking about Tim Burton's second Batman movie, Batman Returns. And this movie released in June on June nineteenth, nineteen ninety two, with Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, Christopher Walken, Michael Goff, and Pat Hingle. The only two that actually were in all four movies. So let's go ahead and let's just kind of walk through this movie. What did you think about the opening credits in this film? It definitely felt like a Tim Burton movie. You could tell straight off the bat, like, mm-hmm. this is Tim Burton. Yeah. The snow falling around the Warner Brothers logo, it just felt that way to me, too. Yeah. Now, when I was watching this, because it's been a very long time since I've watched this movie, um, more because I think this is... I don't want to say this is a darker movie than the last one, but it just has maybe a creepier feel to me. Because I remember the Penguin growing Mm up. Um, But the way that the credits open and everything, the way that it winds um, through the sewer uh, after Penguin's parents dump him off the bridge, um, it feels a lot like the first movie because they're, they're winding through the sewers and it reminds me of winding through the Batman logo at the beginning of the first one. Mm -hmm. And it also kind of reminds me of, you know, Baby Moses in the Nile. So, which I don't know if they intentionally did that. I'm kind of wondering if they did. Um, It was really weird. Um, Danny Elfman's score in this movie, uh, I don't know that I like it as much as I do from the first Batman movie. It's very Tim Burton. Like, it has that... Tim Burton feel like it matches what we see in Tim Burton movies after this. And then I guess the other thing um, that I find interesting is this feels like Edward Scissorhands, which is the movie that Tim Burton did right before this. So, uh, yeah. did, did you... Well, I mean, I do agree with that. The The main reason I don't really have much to say about the score is because I feel that it, it is less memorable. Yeah. Then uh, the the Batman '89 movie, mm-hmm. because there's there are specific moments from the score in '89 that pop out in my head. Like, Absolutely, I remember that specifically. Mm. In this, it's like I can't really think of anything that jumps yeah. out. It's not as, as strong of a score. Now, I I love the music and the score in movies, so that's why I like talking about it. Um, and I mean, we'll get into 
kind of, well, I guess we could talk about kind of the actual opening of the movie. Did you realize that Pee Wee Herman is the Penguin's dad? I didn't realize it watching it until I actually read it somewhere, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all they did is put, uh, you know, gray his hair up, put a mustache on him, and a monocle, and, and I guess the, the mom in the movie is actually from Pee Wee's Big Adventure too. So I didn't know that. I I had to look that up, but I haven't seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure in ages. Like it's been longer since I've seen that since I than I've seen <laughs> this. Um, now after we we kind of do the sewer thing, it fast forwards up to like thirty three years later where we see Gotham. Gotham is like completely different in this movie. It doesn't have that same massive like it doesn't have that same gothic feel that. The first one did. I I think that mainly has to do with like the camera techniques that they used. You think so? Be, because uh, I did read that a lot of the Gotham set was the same sets that they were using for really? the first film. It felt smaller to me. I don't know why. Um, I don't know. It just it felt like a totally different city to mm-hmm. me. And I mean, I started listening to the the director's commentary for this movie, and Tim Burton even said that he wanted this to feel kind of like another chapter, but not necessarily like a sequel. I don't mm-hmm. know what that means, but he wanted it to kind of feel fresh. So yeah. it works with that, but if you look at it as a sequel, for me it felt weird that it didn't look like yeah. 89. Yeah, and uh, I could see where he's coming from in, like, it is another chapter but not a sequel because it, it does have, like... The same returning Batman, mm-hmm. but there, and there are just like one or two mentions of things that happened in the first movie. Like he talks about um, Alfred letting Vicky into the <laughs> yeah. Batcave. And, yeah. Um, but overall, there aren't a lot of connecting elements. Right. Uh, so I can see how it is considered, quote, another chapter, yeah. but not quite Where, a sequel. And you can really, I mean, you could watch this movie without watching the movie before it. I don't yeah, think it's as definitely. good. W- w- you know, without the other one, um, that, that's my opinion. Seeing how he wanted it to be another chapter, not a sequel. I know in uh, in the original script, they had more sequel elements to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had Harvey Dent returning for a scene, um, which was supposed to lead into a third film uh, with uh, Two Face coming back as the main villain. Right. They also set Robin up more in this movie, and. Um, I gotta check my notes here, but uh, this is actually really, really crazy. I found this out with some trivia. They were, in the original, one of the original drafts of the script, and actually probably one of the final scripts, they had Robin coming in, except he was black, which I don't have a problem with, but it was Marlon Wayans that was supposed to be Robin. Um, He was cast, he was fitted Mm -hmm. for a costume and all this stuff. and And paid. He, he was, was he paid, actually paid? He too? was okay. He was paid for this and um, the the next film, really? Batman. Well, that would have been yeah. nice. Um, so yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting that they just kind of flipped that on its head. I mean, I think I would have liked to see it, but I think it would have definitely been a more comedic Robin. Uh, you know, um, not that we didn't get kind of a comedic Robin in Batman Forever, but. Definitely would have been a totally different movie. Yeah. Um, so, 
especially with all of the dark elements that are that are in this film, mm-hmm. this you could almost definitely say this is the darkest of of the Batman films. I think. Yeah, it's the creepy one for yeah. me. Um, just because this is this is the 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 Batman film. Obviously, Tim Burton only did two, but this was the movie where it felt the most like Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Like the first one. It had a little bit of Tim Burton feel to it, but this one, to me, like I said, reminds me so much of Edward Scissorhands. It has like that black and white, or black and light blue mm. color palette and that kind of thing. Um, so definitely, I mean, right away, feels like Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah, and there are moments, and it's like, oh, it just creeps you out. Like the the moment where um, the penguin. Uh, bites that guy's nose. Yeah. Every time, even though I know <laughs> yeah. that it's coming, every time I just quench. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That that always gets me. Josh is his name. And actually, I checked out his IMDb page, and this is like one of the only movies that he's known for. It's <laughs> his tiny, you know, five-minute role as Josh, the PR guy in Batman <laughs> Returns. Um, so speaking of characters, let's go ahead and dive into characters, because this... Uh, I think this movie suffers from the same thing the last one did, that there is not a solid, cohesive plot. This movie, for me, goes kind of everywhere. Mm -hmm. This is definitely a character-focused movie. So let's... I kind of wanted to jump into the characters as we kind of meet them in the movie. So let's talk about Christopher Walken as Max Shrek. First of all, what do you think of Christopher Walken in general? I love Christopher Walken. Yeah, I just, just his voice. And I, <laughs> that was actually pretty good. That was it's a lot better than I was gonna do. I've been working on mine. My first experience with Christopher Walken was um, a movie. I think it was called like Prophecy or The Prophecy or mm-hmm. something. It was like a real creepo movie. He was like ended up being like some demonic thing or something like that, and it just it creeped me out. So um, Christopher Walken's always got that creep factor to me, but I. I really like him in this movie because he's Christopher Walken. He's not, yeah, sure, he's Max Shrek by name, but he's still Christopher Walken. Yeah, it's like he's you know. playing himself. Right, almost. right. Um, so Max Shrek was actually created for this film, and he is named after the actor who played Count Orlock in Nosferatu, which is a vampire movie, um, which you, you can kind of get that by his his costume. Mm-hmm. You know, pale. Oh, everybody's pale in this movie, but, you know, I, I could definitely see that. Um, originally he was going to be the Penguin's long-lost brother, which actually I think would have probably made for a more interesting dynamic between the two. Yeah, because if he was long-lost brother, the fact that, like, the Penguin was the firstborn and he was sort of just deserted mm-hmm. in the sewers, then I, I think that would have been a nice element. Yeah. What did you think of Max Shrek as, a, as the character, what he does, and that kind of thing? Honestly, I think he is the main source of conflict in this movie. I think he is the one behind the scenes who's sort of pushing Penguin mm-hmm. to like do these things okay. and and be the become who we know as the Penguin, this creepy villain. Okay. See, I, when I watched this the first time, I kind of thought of him as kind of a pawn, but I guess I'm, I I can see where you're going with that. Just how. He, he could be the guy behind the scenes, because not only does he kind of uh, boost the penguin to this, um, you know, mayoral 
candidate position, but he also creates Catwoman, mm. which is really crazy. So, yeah. yeah, without him, this this movie wouldn't have. It does not work. It doesn't work as well happened. as it doesn't. <laughs> um, and just a little bit of trivia. I love trivia. Um, did you know that Tim Burton was actually afraid of Christopher Walken, so he almost didn't get cast? I've read that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Um, real quick, Chip Shrek. Um, I can't even pronounce this guy's name. Andrew Brynjarski? Brynjarski. Yeah. Um, what did you think of his walk-in impression? Or did you even notice it? I didn't notice it. I did notice it. If you, if you watch it again and think of that, every time he talks to Christopher Walken, it's Christopher Walken talking to Christopher Walken. <laughs> it's really, really weird. Um, but this dude is such a wimp. And Chip, by the way, if you're like, I don't remember this guy. He was Max's son. Um, yeah, he's such a wimp. Get behind me, Dad. <laughs> Best line by him in the movie. And then, um, about the same time, we meet Michelle Pfeiffer as Selena Kyle and Catwoman. I, I, I like her as Catwoman. Mm-hmm. I don't really like her as Selena Kyle. Right. I totally agree. She, she loses, like when when you when you first meet her, she's like lowly assistant. I mean, just not very confident, which I get. Um, but then, like, and I, I've I've heard it said that she kind of has multiple personalities, mm-hmm. and and I get that. But it's almost like when she gets shoved out the window by Max, mm-hmm. just boom! All of a sudden. Somehow, when you get licked and chewed on by cats, you get multiple personality syndrome, and she just, I had a hard time with that, because if she was kind of a a butthead to begin with, Mm -hmm. or like, you know, I almost want, if if I were to kind of redo this, I would make Selena Kyle more like um, Alicia from the first movie, this, you know, model, whatever, Sure, she can be a dumb blonde, yeah. you know, because she kind of is as Selena, and then once she becomes Catwoman, she she snaps, and it, I think it makes more sense that way than just being real quiet and, no pun intended, mousy. Yeah, I don't get the whole, like, uh, multiple personality disorder thing. It's like, when she puts the suit on, all of a sudden she's this confident female who's like, I can kick your butt. Yeah, but I think Bruce kind of, I mean, Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne kind of does, does the same thing, is once he puts on the 40 pounds of leather, he's, you know, he's Batman. I'm like you, I like Catwoman, not a huge fan of Selina in this movie. Um, and then, because of the, the Penguin's plot to blow up the plaza, or not blow up the plaza, but just cause mayhem, um... We meet Bruce Wayne through bat signals that are attached to Wayne Manor. Did you catch that? That that once they light up the big spotlight in Gotham, that he has actually like smaller spotlights that shine into Wayne Manor. Yeah, like it looks like mirrors at first. Yeah. But it's like, wouldn't you think that he want to keep that more of a secret? <laughs> you know, maybe Wayne Manor is like out in the country somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I like picking this movie apart because I was telling David before we started this, this is probably my least favorite Batman movie 
right now. I haven't watched <laughs> Batman and Robin yet. Uh, for this, I've seen it, but it's been a while. Um, so what do you think about Bruce and Batman in this movie? I think he's a, sort of a better version of the same Batman that he was in the first film. Yeah. Uh, I think he's got the character of Bruce Wayne down a lot better, mm-hmm. definitely, yeah. uh, because there wasn't a whole lot to Bruce in the first film. Yeah. There's still not a lot to him in this movie, but there is, there's like, I, for uh, my opinion, I think there are subtle differences in this movie that make him more likable as Bruce mm. than he was in the first one. I think he makes a better Batman in this movie because he knows martial arts. He actually fights in this one. Mm-hmm. You don't ever see him get shot and then stand back up, you know, like like we talked about in the last episode. Yeah. So, um, definitely a better Batman. Even with that 40 pounds of suit on. <laughs> right, right. Which, uh, there's one, in one of the fight scenes, um, he actually ducks, and the way that he, like, ducks under... <laughs> Is hilarious if you watch it for what it is. And he just, like, literally bends over. Like, oh. <laughs> I don't know if I can get I don't back know up. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, and then Danny DeVito as the Penguin and Oswald Cobblepot. Um, I don't know that you could pick a better person for the Penguin. Especially Tim Burton's Penguin. Yeah, when uh, I read that... When they decided to do it about the penguin, they couldn't think of anyone else they would rather have. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, if you ever look at Tim Burton's original sketches for the penguin, it looks like Danny DeVito. <laughs> like, he, he looks almost exactly the same, um, which is really cool because you can see where um, some of the styles, you know, the, the production designers and costume designers really took from Tim Burton's sketches, which future costume and production designers would, mm. you know. Um, so, yeah, what do you think of of Danny DeVito as Penguin? And Penguin in general. The Penguin is so creepy. Oh, yeah. Like, everything about him, his uh, the way he talks, his mannerisms, everything is like, man, if this guy were in real life, mm-hmm. then... He's a serial killer waiting to happen. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, the ooze that comes out of his mouth. Like, he's he's so creepy, my daughter cannot watch this movie. She sat down to watch this movie with me, and, like, she saw Penguin. She's like, oh, Penguin, no! <laughs> so, I was like, okay. You don't have to watch this. Yeah. Um, this probably isn't the Batman movie for the kiddos. <laughs> no, no. And actually... McDonald's pulled their tie-in for the movie because parents said that it was too violent and too sexual, which I totally agree with the yeah. sexual part. I don't know. I mean, there are some violent parts like Penguin biting Josh's nose. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, other than that, I mean... Uh, Selena getting pushed out the window. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was kind of violent. And then seeing cats nibble on her fingers. See, that freaks me out because I have a cat. You have cats. Yeah. So... Now I'm just worried that if I, like, fall off the roof, my cat's going to, like, come out and chew on me, and then I'm going to be Catman or something. (laughs) Bad joke. I'm sorry. (sighs) Catman. Yeah. Um, So he looks great. I love that Stan Winston was the guy that designed his makeup. The makeup, I think, looks really good. The fat suit, on the other hand, there are times where it just doesn't look great. Yeah. (laughs) When, um... When he's not in his, like, full, like, like costume. The, yeah, like that, that giant overcoat. Yeah, yeah, when he's not in that, it sort of just looks like this, like, 
looks like a fat suit. Yeah, like a pajamas almost. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So that didn't always work for me. Um, but he is like probably the best and the worst part of this movie. Great, fantastic character. Mm-hmm. And Danny DeVito plays it perfectly. But like, there's just times where he's just like so overtly sexual and like, like the whole, the whole mayor, you know, like when, when Max convinces him to become, you know, to run for, for mayor, it's just like, like that's all it is. It's like sex joke on top of sex joke. And it's just kind of like, okay, is the scene over? Um, so I don't know. I, Penguin's probably my favorite and least favorite character in this movie. Just because there's parts of it, uh, parts of the movie where I'm just like, Danny DeVito acted this perfectly, but then I'm like, I can't stand this guy's starting to annoy me. <laughs> you know, I like this guy as a whole, mm-hmm. or I I like this movie as a whole with like all of the characters in it combined with mm-hmm. with the story elements. But I don't. There aren't specific characters that I like really like or really dislike. Mm. It's just. I think for what it is, it's a good movie. Yeah. And it's sort of like a a better projection of the first movie. I uh, it's it's darker, I feel like, which is what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like they do a better job at setting that dark tone than the first one did. Okay. Now, for me this movie felt a lot more a lot more like Tim Burton was pulling from some of the, from some of, from, you know, 1966, from the 60s. I mean, that, the candidate, um, scene, that's actually, um, like an homage to two different, uh, episodes from the series, Mm. um, which I have not seen before, but, um, there's just, just the way that, um, the characters kind of do those animal-like things. You know, the penguin, I mean, there are a couple, you know. Yeah. Um, the way he walks, the way he looks. Um, and then Catwoman, you know, I mean, you've got the scene where she gives herself a bath on Penguin's yeah. bed. And she eats the bird, or, you know, puts the bird in her mouth. And um, the really awful meow that yeah. you hear a couple times. Um, she, um licks uh, Batman's face one time. Yeah, that was so weird. Yeah. I expect Dog Woman to do that. <laughs> Another bad joke. Jeez. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I felt like this was a lot of, uh, this was, I think this movie in as some, you know, in some weird twisted way was actually a tribute to, you know, the 60s. I don't see it, but if you watch it again and, and you and you think about it that way, I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll see that because because it wasn't I mean like I watched it once and then I just kind of did some of my research on some trivia mm-hmm. and I watched it again. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what this is. You want to talk about the gadgets a little bit? Yes, because you were gadget man in the last episode. So the um, the battering that. Has the the multiple target thing on it? Yeah, the one from Tiger Electronics. Like that's what I I I will be honest. I did not come up with that um, 
similarity or whatever you want to call that, uh, that nickname. Um, but it does. Like, when you look at it, it's like, I almost expect this to be, like, a Batarang-shaped, like, handheld game. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I liked it, though. Not necessarily the look of it, mm-hmm. but just the fact that he had that gadget that could yeah. hit the multiple targets. Yeah. And it works with this mm-hmm. Batman movie, definitely. I mainly like it because it's different. Like, you... We haven't seen a gadget like that before. Yeah. Well, I mean, the battering wasn't really used a whole lot in the first movie. Like, I think it was more grappling gun that was mm-hmm. used in the first movie. And then in this one, um, <clears throat> well, the battering plays, like, a key plot point in this movie mm-hmm. um, where the dog runs off with it and gives it to Penguin so he, he can frame Batman and turn everybody against him. Yeah. Um, but the Batmobile, again, is, like, one of my favorite parts. I love this Batmobile. Yeah. And this one's even cooler because he doesn't just, like, kill everybody with it. He actually <laughs> trips a couple guys. Like, the little things that pop off to the side mm-hmm. and he trips them and, um... He uses the... The three six, the, the 180 turn thing. The, yeah, the little pivot. The little pivot. And, uh... And then we get the original Batpod. Like, I really think that this is where Christopher Nolan got, you know, the whole bat bike. Actually, mm. did they call it the bat pod? The little motorcycle that Batman rides out of and I'm not sure. I don't Knight. remember them. I thought they called it the bat pod, but I just thought that was one of the coolest things where all of a sudden he just like goes down the middle of the alley with this thing. Yeah. I mean, it was weird looking, but I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Batmobile from these two movies will always be my favorite. Um, so, we're just going to say this. this is kind of a shorter episode, and there's a reason why we re- we're getting ready to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, it, it is Tuesday, September 24th right now when we record this, uh-huh. and the premiere episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming on in like 20 minutes. Yeah. So... We're just, we're really excited <laughs> about that. We, we don't want to blow you guys off. I know you're really excited about our Batman series. That's right. But, um, but yeah, we, I promise we have all, more awesome episodes to come. We just kind of wanted to review this movie, give you guys our thoughts. Um, overall, sir, what did you think of this movie? I liked it. I, I think it could have been better. Okay. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. Uh, because it is, it does have that dark feel. Um, I, I'm personally not always a fan of like the darker movies, mm-hmm. but uh, I could see what they were trying to do with this movie with that dark feel, and I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Okay. Um, I think I already said it. This is not my favorite Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a problem with Tim Burton movies. Uh, I have to be in the mood to watch them. But there were f- so many things. I can remember I sat down and I watched it. My wife and I watched it. And when it was over, we just kind of looked at each other and like, what did we just watch? <laughs> like, it just it felt really disjointed. There are a lot of plot holes in this movie, which up until I started reviewing movies, I really could care less about. But now mm-hmm. um, that, you know, we're reviewing them, I'm really analyzing them and... This was not my favorite, and uh, after we finish the series, we're going to rank all of the movies 
So yeah, um, and just to give you guys a head up, heads up, hopefully if everything works okay, our Batman Forever, Forever episode, which will be the next one, we will have a special guest with us while we record, and I hope you guys are looking forward to that, because um, I, I like Batman Forever. Oh. Alright, so that's going to wrap up this episode of Geek This Podcast. This is episode number 22. I cannot believe we've done this many episodes. Um... So, without further ado, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, keep checking in with us on Facebook at geek this, or Facebook.com slash GeekThisPod. Yeah, GeekThisPodcast. I am doing a horrible job today. <laughs> um, as always, go to GeekThisPodcast.com slash connect to get in touch with us. Um, please send us any feedback about any of these movies that um, we've talked about so far or any other episode. And um, don't forget to check out Loot Crate, who is our new sponsor. I got my Loot Crate in the mail on Saturday, so just a few days ago. I have unboxed it. I will put a video up as soon as I can get around to it. And um, right now, our main place that we um, submit our, our, our episodes to is iTunes. And you can go there and review us, give us a star rating. It doesn't have to be five stars. Be honest. Let us know what you think about the podcast. But... If you actually use a different subscription service other than iTunes, like Stitcher or um, Downcast or just any other podcast um, catcher, please let us know what that is so that we can submit our episodes there. And that would be awesome because we're reaching more people that way too. So, um, again, thank you guys so much for listening. And if you haven't, go watch Marvel's Agents of Shield. We're going to. Right now. Ten minutes. Like, like, right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>